Good morning, gang. Hey, this is Emmerich Peace, Daniel Dixon, and our special host, Alan Johnson with the Color Money Podcast. We've had some other guests, and you are probably um, the highlight of our guests so far. And the reason being is because you, you're just real. That's what I love about you. What you see is what you get. <laughs> I only know one way, man. It's, it's hard being somebody else. Right. And, and and that's what that's what we appreciate you being you. So in our conversation about your your network determines your net worth. That's our question today. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, to be a young fella, you you've had a you've had a great amount of success, and that comes with having the right people in your life. That comes with being connected to the right people, and that's just so critical. And a lot of times we don't really understand the value of having. The right people. Sometimes we overuse that converse, that that word network. Some people are just loosely associated. They're not really in your network. They're just loosely associated. And so, what does having the right people in your life? How does that contribute to your thoughts about net worth and and what that means to you? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me here. I think uh, you know we always I always try to start with gratitude and right. I've just been really grateful for my network, um, you know, from my parents, you know, they're the start of my network. Right. Um, and the things that they instilled in me, the sacrifices that they made, um, the mm-hmm. people in the community. I, you know, I was, you know, even though, um, you know, I'm, I'm I consider myself young, I, you know, I grew up in the old school, you know, and right. you know, we, we had a community, whether it was church or people that you play sports with or, you know, your neighbors that all poured into you and looked out for you. And that's poured into our business. Right. I I ended up graduating from George Mason University and that was my first network. Um, And I didn't know it while I was while I was there. But when I really look back and and think about the anchors of my business, you know, it was my parents. Like it was the people that I around where I went to school, George Mason. Um, and you know, those, those networks, I didn't build with the intent to make money, right. I built with the intent to, to, to pour into those networks and the byproduct of that was those networks pouring into me and making sure that, you know, that, that when we started something that they were going to support it. Yeah. And, and that's you, that's one of the questions that we had, what's the, who's the one person other than your dad, who's that person that like that's in your network that just affected your whole thought process about network and net worth. Yeah. Um, my dad, right. Um, yeah, not, I knew you were going to say that <laughs> there, there, there is no, like, I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, I can't give credit to someone who doesn't deserve the ultimate credit. Like my dad is the reason that I think the way I do um, right. that around the people um, that, that, that you sow into, you know, I look, my, my father, for, for me to take him out of my story would be, would be, would be, I just wouldn't be the man that I need to be. Right. And I okay. saw this man with, um, a 10th grade education. I was first generation to go to school. The reason I was able to go to school was because he built a network with someone that sold him his first piece of real estate when I was 13 years old. And that piece of real estate paid for me to go to college. Right. Right. You know, there's so many seeds that he planted, right. That, 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 that are, he is the ultimate, him and my mom are the ultimate foundation of my network. So 
you know, to see him build that organically, to build it without the status of what people think is successful. And for him to be able to, to build that foundation for me, to, like, uh, nah, he is, he is the foundation of my network. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And, and so, in, and in our community, a lot of times, a lot of us don't have that foundation. So we fumbling around figuring out what we have to do and how we have to do it. And so for you to say that that way, you know, that just sheds light for a lot of us to say, you know, that's a great thing. And I, and I clearly understand when you said that, why you said you cannot eliminate him from the story because he is a story. Be, because if a lot of us had that story, then we probably could say the same thing. Now, AJ, so, you, you run a you run a really big uh, real estate company. You have a ridiculous amount of investments and passive cash flow and such. How how has your network as you've grown in real estate? How is that attributed to that success or to that wealth building journey that you guys have been on? Yeah, um, great question, Daniel. Um, I I I when I got into the business of real estate, I got so I started selling real estate twenty three years ago, right, and. I saw everyone looking at agents as their competition, right? And the one thing that I always saw my dad do, he owned a landscaping business, was the other landscapers that he was around, he never treated them as competition. He was always like cool with them. You know, he was always trying to help them when they needed help. He was like, this this pie is is big enough for all of us. So when Mm -hmm. I came into real estate, I never looked at realtors as my competition. I looked at them as like, this pie is big. If I can learn something from you, then I'm going to learn something from you. If you can learn something from me, you can learn something from me. So my first real estate, uh, my first real estate investment was from an agent that was in our office. That was my competition. Like people would see them as my competition. She she came up to me. She said, Alan, I, um, I got this property. I think you should buy it. Right. And um, I ended up buying it. And that ended up being the impetus for us buying other properties because I sold that property at the top of the market. And that property allowed us to go buy our first multifamily properties. So, you know, when I think about like just being an agent and using my network, I can tell you there are so many agents that are from across the country that have poured into me as far as knowledge, you know, that have poured into me as far as resources introductions, even you, right? You and you and you, you and EP, right? Y'all have opened up doors for me that, you know, all you had to do was open it up for me. You introduced me to this person or introduced me to this network and it changed the trajectory of not just me, but my family and our team. So, you know, for me, it was the people that I'm around and it wasn't just my clients. It was, it was my colleagues. Yeah. I think the, the, the interesting piece of that Tell us a little bit about the the BRN network because I think that one of the reasons we wanted to have you on this obviously you're you're very successful but you started this this Black Realtor Network Facebook group that has grown significantly over the last few years and I think it the, the testament and the mindset for that group is exactly what you're talking about how can we lean in and all help each other so everyone inside of our communities continue to grow and look at each other as a collaboration over competition kind of mindset Tell us a little bit about that BRN network. Yeah, so BRN network, I, I think it was started maybe 10 years ago. And it was just um, the problem was that we couldn't connect, right? And the great thing about social media is that sometimes we overconnect, but I figured this was a great way for us to be able to interconnect. Um, and, you know, I was, I have clients that I'm blessed to live in the DMV, right? Like Emmerich. And 
I've had clients that specifically have asked me, hey, I want to work with someone that looks like me because I they, they can there are certain things I can talk to them about that I don't feel comfortable talking to other things about other yeah. people about. And I think right. that's been that's been the chasm between black home ownership is that if you had someone that you could just walk up to and talk about basketball, who's been through basketball, that's a very different conversation than someone who's never played basketball. Yeah. Same thing with real estate. So we just created a network of like black agents across the country, getting together, sending referrals to each other, you know, sharing knowledge, sharing, sharing trade secrets, um, sharing, you know, great stories, insurance stories that we can only um, relate to. You know, we had a story recently where um, an agent felt like that they were, that they were being discriminated against and they wanted to be able to flesh it out and kind of talk it out. And after a hundred comments, right. They came to a a resolution that made them feel, you know, a little bit better about the situation that they weren't the only ones that were going through it. So, you know, we know the numbers, you know, uh, 3% of homeowners in, in 2022 were black. Um, you know, that is directly attributed to the fact that we, we haven't sold into black realtors that it can encourage more black homeowners to go purchase more property. So I think we start in two places. We start with the homeowner. Yeah. We need to educate you, but can we also educate and resource the black agent so they can be more of a resource in their own community? Definitely. Yeah. And and that, that's huge right there. And that's something that we overlook so much is how do we share each, with each other and, and, and enhance our ability to just be a better professional, period. Right. And so w- when we talk about that, we talk about the, the people in your network. How do you choose? We talk about your network is your net worth. And how do you choose those people in your network? Do you choose those people? or And it's, sometimes we, we choose people and there's some people we just have to bless and release. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so how do you choose those people that in your network that that live in your world? Yeah. Um, I, man, I, first, I think you've got to put yourself in the position to be around people that you want to, to, okay. to, to add value. Right. So it's very hard to build a, 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 a lucrative network in a place that's not lucrative. Right. Yeah. Um, or it's hard, very hard to build an encouraging network in a place that's not encouraging. It's very Can't hard. Give to, what you don't have. It's hard <laughs> to build a real estate network around people who ain't really in the real estate. Right. So I think first you got to put yourself into the room where you can seek, where, where you have access to the people that you want. And then from there, I think you go through and just kind of figure out, you know, who you who you vibe and who you synergize with. Uh, we we always talk about. I don't think you necessarily have to love everything that people in your network do. That's ideal, right? But I got people in my network that I know for a fact probably vote for a different person, right? Um, or, or have different ideals and certain things to me. Now we're not totally all. We're not totally like not aligned. Like they're not bad people. Um, but you know, getting yourself in the right rooms are first. Understanding that there's seasons. Of, of of relationships, like you said, um, some people need to go so you can make room for other people in your network and understanding that your network really probably needs to be tighter than you think. Like there are a lot of people out there who got like, oh, I got lots of friends Well, you got lots of friends, but you really have people, advocates, um, people that know you well enough to be able to send you things that add value to your life. Um, and then and then last but not least is invest in it. Um, you can't get anything out of your network unless you invest in it. Daniel, I send you like random text messages. What's going on, bro? How you doing? 
you know, I, I, I need you to know I'm thinking about you. Right. Um, those are small things. But when Daniel texts me back, I'm just thinking about you, man. Like it always comes at the right time. And there are certain conversations I can have with Daniel that I can't have with other people. Um, but that comes with comfort that comes with us, you know, us being a little bit more aligned than most. Well, you know, the, the, the great part about that is that instilled me because it, it's, it's a blind spot of just, Hey, it's an I care call. And thinking about the people who you know, love, and trust inside of your world, we don't touch them enough and tell them, hey, just you're on my mind. But that then made me start doing it to my other network of people that I've grown up with. Like, no, what D, what do you want? I don't want anything. I just want to tell you I love you. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're well. And I think that the, the unique part about how you've built your network, AJ, is you really truly come from a place of value and contribution. This isn't about, hey, I have a question. It's time to talk. It's about, hey, you just you popped in my head. Just want to give you a quick thought. And it's always about how many more people can I impact? How many more people can I help? And I think through that mindset, that's how the network continues to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we underestimate the value of care. Yeah, agreed. Right. We underestimate the value of like we're in such a transactional business, right? We're in such a transactional space that if you genuinely care, if it like it, it stands out. Mm-hmm. But this is not a business. We're we have grown to a place where we're in such a transactional life. Mm. And if we really take a look at it, um, and that's just over time. And I was I was speaking to someone about that earlier, where in the past we have had uh, it was just the gentlemanly thing to do. And I'm speaking to us because we we this gentleman on this call is just from that. It's the gentlemanly thing to do to have that open, frank conversation and be cordial at all times. And we, everything is, is a matter of fact right now is, you know, and coy is, is uh, people being coy and, and Kurt in situations where it's not required. Uh, it, it's just become a common day place, a hmm. uh, common day occurrence. And so we really talk about this idea of, of network. And when you say your network determines your net worth, you really, and, and I want your opinion on this, you're really talking about people who you believe that are in your space that can add value to your life and you can add value to their life. Because mm-hmm. we come in contact with a lot of people. Yeah. And every let's be real, everybody that we come in contact with, they really don't add, they don't add the value that we're looking for. They may add some value. They don't add the value that we're looking for. And when we're talking about net worth, that's a different conversation. So. Yeah. yeah I, uh, you said a mouthful, um, and, <laughs> but, it, but it's all true, right? There are seasons of my life when I don't need my network to tell me how to make money. I need my network to tell me how to have better balance. There are seasons right. of my life when I need my network to tell me not necessarily how to make money, but how to keep money. Right. Um, right. There are seasons in my life when I, I don't need my network to to tell me how to, you know, how to sell more houses is how to be a better leader. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think really identifying what you need out of your network and who you need to tap in to to get what you need out of your network is has been key for me. Um, and, you know, I, I have a lot of people who. um young agents who come to me because they're having a hard time balancing being a father 
and being a highly productive agent. I've had more conversations about that. Well, they come to me because they see that I'm on that journey every day trying to figure out how to balance being both. Right. Um, And, you know, just understand what you, I think the key is understand what you need from your network in the season of your life. Right. And it's, it's not, honestly, it's not about money most of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, you, if you go back, let's go back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, as you were newer in this business and you didn't have anything of value to give anybody yet, because you didn't have all this knowledge and all this expertise, how do you provide value for some of these new people that are that are thinking, that are listening to this, like, I need to go build my network, but I don't have an item of value I can give people outside of just showing up. How, how do you How do you do that? Yeah, we all have a gift. Uh, we 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 do uh, we do uh, daily devotions with our team every 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 day uh, every weekday. And today's uh, devotion was about Steve Harvey talked about everyone has a gift, right? And God gives everyone right. a gift. So mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to the fact that you don't have, that someone doesn't have something of value, right? I subscribe to the fact that they got to get into the space and place where what they have is appreciated, right? So. When I first started, um, you know, I graduated from Mason and I remember there was a conversation. Shout out to my guy, Chris Preston. He was the he was the president of the Black Alumni Association. And he was like, hey, Alan, I want you to get on the board of the Black Alumni Association. I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing that. He was like, "Nah, Alan, you you need to get on the board. Right. And I'm not going to let you say no. Right. So um, so I got on the board and the next year, Chris Preston ended up being the alumni, the greater alumni president. Right. And he was like, you know what, Al, you know, I'm going to ask you, I want you to be on the board for the Greater Alumni Association. By that time, I got it right. Because, number one, I was I was I was the only black male in a room besides him. Right. And then that guy went on to be the greater president. Right. The greater alumni president. Right. Um, for for alumni. And then I ended up being on a board again. Right. But he saw something in me. Right that he knew that I had a business where I needed to meet more people. I cannot tell you how many deals I've done. In fact, we're about to close a million dollar deal, waterfront property in King George County that came directly from one of those boards I was on, right? So sometimes, many times you're getting into spaces and places where you're just getting access to people, right? Um, But you got to have people that are going to pull you into the room. You got to have people that are going to open that door, but you also have to be willing to walk in that door and represent when you get there. Right. So I would tell those young people, like, there is something that you're passionate about, something that you're in. I was aligned with Mason, so it was an easy walk in. Right. And when I walk in, they value my my opinions because I was the only person that looked like me. Well, what if someone loves pets? There's a board or there's something you can get involved in with with pets or service animals. What if someone you know, is, you know, um, a, a stay at home mom. There's a network or community that needs you, right? That needs some things that you, have. everyone has something that they can get involved in. And if you want to go deep, it doesn't seem like a business move, but it's a people move yeah. and behind the people come the opportunities. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's huge. And when we talk and that whole idea of people, like we have different people from different walks of life in our network. If you had to say these three professionals should always be in your network to increase your net, to have that network conversation, yeah. what are the three or four professionals that absolutely have to be in your network to have that network conversation? 
Yeah, absolutely. First, that means that net worth conversation. I apologize. I get it. I get it. First, would be a coach with the with the financial acumen, right? Okay. So, a coach who is like, there are seasons in my life where I needed a coach just to tell me how to like sell real estate, but I got out of, got out of that real quick. Like, I knew, I figured it out. I adapted. You should be adapting to that coach real quick. That next coach was the coach that helped help Crystal and I build our business, right? And he started talking about like things that were around like wealth building. The next coach I got was actually a person that Daniel introduced me to, right? Um, and it's not even a coach, it's a community, right? And now I'm having conversations about not only making wealth, but keeping wealth, right? Um, so I would say the coach is first. Um, second person that you need on your team when you're talking about uh, net worth is a spouse that, or if you're married, like you got to make sure that they align with what you're doing because it's really hard to build wealth in a household that, you know, your other partner isn't engaged in. So I think that's second. Um, and then third would be a hodgepodge of three people, a, fi- a great financial advisor, an accountant for sure, um, an attorney, right? Um, because, you know, all of those three people are the, are the, are the, the people, if you're going to get to the next echelon, you're going to need access to them. You might not, you might not use them throughout the entire part of your scope of your life, but during that season, they might be good. Then your business might grow. You might need somebody better. And then on and on and on. Right. And, and you know, that's 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 huge because that's a lot of times we miss the whole point of the professionals that we have in our life. And, and Sometimes, and just to be quite frank, and I, I know I've been there. I'm pretty sure you guys have too. But sometimes you just get full of yourself, and you start thinking about, well, I, I don't have to have this. I don't have to have that. And when you peel back the onion, if you had just been more receptive to having that other professional in your life, you know, you may have had a different outcome. And one of the people, like that, I, I and I, I'm in search of, and I, I found. I shouldn't say I'm in search. I found was a tax strategist because once, once you begin to accumulate assets, your, your taxes mean something totally different to you than they did before you accumulate net worth and assets. The, the tax conversation is just different. It's just different. So what's been your experience on that person? Cause a lot of people pay that. They don't pay that any attention. The tax strategist part they don't pay that any attention. And that's someone that I should have had eons ago. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we don't like to pay for professional advice, unfortunately. Um, okay. We don't, if, if it's not, if, if we don't, if we spend a thousand dollars and we don't feel like we're getting the thousand dollars right then or $2,000 or like, then we don't like to invest in it. Right. So for me, the tax strategist was, if for, I, I had a real frank conversation. I'm using your using your your lingo, uh, Emrick. I had a real frank conversation with him about if I'm going to spend this money, can you like guarantee me that I'm going to get this money in my first year of taxes? And you know, um, I he said yes, but that wasn't even the spirit and the energy I should have had. I should have just went in and be like, all right, I'm you know I need your help. You know, I want to mitigate these. I want I want to keep more money in my pocket. You know, and, and it's been a really good relationship. Um, how did you find your tax strategist, uh, Emmer? Actually, it was through my network of 100 black men. And, you know, you again, you have this network of people who are around you and we don't tap into them properly. And I was actually doing an interview for a, a, 
a, a position, a, a national position, and he was interviewing for the treasurer position. And during that interview, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to this this person, and they're talking about their professional acumen. And this is a person that's been in my space for a long time. We just never had that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We just never had that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful when you were in the room, right? You were in right. the room right there. And and then the great thing about it is you did, the speed of trust was eliminated because you already knew him. You already had the relationship with him. So y'all could just get to the business. Well, I'm thinking about right. going to um, your starting with the coach because you have that trust. And so if you start getting referrals from the people you need to be in business with based on the person you trust that can then go give you that referral, it completely changes the the, the, the speed in which you can get the information. My yeah. tax strategist came from my, my, my coach. My wealth coach came from my coach. My uh, health person came from my coach. Like there's so many... <laughs> areas that you get it and you start building your network. I mean, I think for me that it's really difficult for me to ask people for things. And what I've learned through this journey of being in, in a network is it's okay to ask like, Hey, who do you use for this? Hey, how does that work? What are your thoughts about this? And being able to lean on people who can support you. So, you know, especially inside of our community that you're not alone. We got you. We got to just start having the conversations that the people behind closed doors are having and sharing that wealth of knowledge so we can all grow together. That's so good. What I found was that when I was starting to get frustrated about something, that was the time for me to ask for help from someone. That's fair, yeah. That's a huge thing. We don't like to ask for help a lot of times. And as as your network gets bigger, that's the purpose of having your network, so you can figure out who's the who that can help me get to where I want to go or hell who's the who that can help me eliminate this frustration. And we just have to reach out and ask for help because at the end of the day, we're not the end all be all. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not. And so you, you said a coach, I'm going to go in a different direction. Okay. Cause here's another, here's a quick, another question for us. Books, books or events, you know, what what are some of the books or events that have just had a profound impact on your thoughts about your network and your network? Yeah. Um, so the book uh, that I think the quintessential book, I got it somewhere around here. It should be somewhere around here. It's How to Win Friends um, and Influence. Uh, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie was yep. Right. Uh, I read that like a textbook. Uh, literally I like, I would take a chapter and over a year I would just read pieces of it and just, and it was so easy to implement. Um, and it was so many things I was like, duh. Um, so that was really, really big for me. Um, you know, I think any book that you read is valuable because I, it was, I, I had a, um, I had a mentor one time and he would send me snippets of like things he was reading, like quick little snippets, right? And um, it would always be on point. It was always at the point where I was um, in my life. Um, and he uh, and I asked him. I always asked. I was like, "What's the name of the book? Where's the book? Where can I get the book?" And I think after the third time, he was like, "Look, dude, stop asking me for the damn title of the book. Like, I was supposed to read this book for you, and you were supposed to go read your book for me." And and it was. I always see people, they're always trying to get the source when sometimes if you got the right people in your network, they're going to know what you need and you need to go read the book for them to give them what they need. Right. So 
any book that you read that you share with your network is valuable, I think. Um, and then events. I mean, the most impactful uh, um, event that I've been to recently was uh, was a KW Wealth Mastermind. Um, super valuable. Shout out to uh, to Brett Tanner and what they're doing there. Um, you know, just as far as the straight up wealth, I think I've gotten so much. Not think I know I've gotten so much out of that uh, community and that tribe and those events. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that, that right there, that's huge. Cause I, I, I'm in that group also. So I'm clear. I'm clear about that. In that part of when we start thinking about like books and events, what would you say, what events would you say are like, what would you say is like a must event, uh, a must attend event or a must read book? Yeah. So a must attend event is not, a must attend event is you must attend events, right? It needs to be part of <laughs> right. part of your schedule. Part of your your budget is you need to choose an event. And look, there are going to be some events that are duds, and that's okay, right? Okay, um, but there are going to be some events that are life changing. And I think you need to like as a real estate agent, don't just go to real estate events, right? Go to wealth events, go to investment events, go to you know greater. You know, business building and chamber events, right? Because oftentimes when you're in different events that aren't in your subject matter, you end up getting a mindset or just a thought pattern that will help you where you are, right? It'll help you think about what you do a little bit different. So I, I think it's a lot of events. I try to go to an event once a quarter, not try, I do go to an event once a quarter. My wife goes to an event once a quarter as well. Um, and then a book, um, man, um, it just really depends on where you are, you know, in your life. I'll tell you, uh, Michael Mayer had a book. What was that? Uh, what was the joint? Um, Seven Levels of Communication. Was that it? I, I, I'll get that right. Michael Mayer. And I think he's from Colorado or somewhere out out, out west, Midwest. Um, that book was really good for me um, in like how to communicate effectively with my network, right? Because I had these people and I didn't have a system around it. Um, and one of the things he talked about was lunch stacking, right? And what I did with lunch stacking is he said, once a, once a, once a week, you clear off three hours of your week, you go to your favorite restaurant and you invite three people that you really want to have lunch with, yeah. right? And then you right. have back to back to back to back, right? And they get to meet each other and then you get to the comfort of being able to like hold court. Um, and I tell you, like, that's been super valuable for me being able to get in front of like pretty influential people um, is being able to invite them into lunch and then having a schedule of when I'm going to get in front of them. Wow. I like that. I like that. And lunch stacking. I like that. Yep. And think about this. He talked about how when you go to the same place, it's like cheers. Everyone knows your name. So when you so when you come in, when your guest comes in. Um, they're like, oh, you, you're waiting for Daniel. Okay, come on back. Like, but you know, and and then obviously you're probably paying for everyone's meal, right? Um, you know, um, but it's a really effective way for you to be able. We're all busy, right? But we also have to make sure that we build our network. It's a really effective way for you to be able to get in front of influential people. Okay, cool, cool. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Daniel a question. Because I know you and Daniel run in some of the same circles. Yep. Daniel, as far as when we talk about your network is your net worth and your connection with Alan, 
right? How do you guys' network intertwine? I think being I think being a, a highly successful black real estate agent, our our networks are kind of kind of kind of thin with with each other and and leaning on each other. Um, and I think it's really just sharing information. Hey, look at this. Hey, read this. This might be beneficial. And just trying to continue to provide value. I think there our 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 community is really small. And okay. when you think about how much value we can just continue to provide for our people inside of, of this business. Um, I think a lot of them, I think we cross a lot of paths of a lot of people that we're in relationship with people that I meet that are in the DMV area. And like, they, they're just, I don't know, they, everything, everything kind of intertwined because our, our, we're, we're minorities in this industry. Pun intended. Well, <laughs> well I mean, from, and, and that comes from multiple angles, because both of you, both of you guys have like highly successful business. Both of you guys are like super productive, and, and your day is always a time crunch because there's always more minutes. There's always more opportunities in the day than there are minutes in the day. And so, the reason why I asked that question about how do you, how, why did you, how you guys networks cross or intertwine with each other, is the fact that. Um, when you get to a certain level, the air gets really, really thin. And there's only a limited amount of people that can really understand what you're going through. And so in that place, Alan, you know, what's the, how do you maintain a mindset around your network, around your network that helps you to keep your foot on the gas pedal about your net worth? And really, but who's packing your parachute in that space, in your network space? Who's the person that just pushes you in that space? Uh, you know, you draft off of other great players, right? Um, you know, so, you know, there are a couple, you know, I think we can probably name like maybe five of us um, that are at least KW space um, that are hot. When we walk into the top 200, you know. You know, Daniel, the only one with Jay's on, you know what I'm saying? We know we know Ryan Butler going to come in, come come in looking like looking like Ryan Butler looks relaxed with flip flops and chilling. Um, and then, you know, my, my wife and I are in there and, you know, it's, and, and it's very few people in there. So, you know, I think first we have to we have to spread out a little bit and not be in our own little sub circle in those rooms so we can meet other people. Um, and then we got to get together after, right? We, there's some certain places that Daniel's going to get invited. He's just going to make sure I'm getting into too, right? And then there's certain places that I'm going to get invited. I'm just going to make sure that they get into too. And there are certain places that someone like Ryan's going to get involved. He's like, yo, you ain't invite Alan. Oh, he like Alan and Daniel. Oh, they need to be there. Right. So, you know, there's a level of accountability for each other, but there's also a level of, of like, nah, like if I come, they come in too. Right. Um, and you need to meet this person. And then there's no like Ryan. Here's the crazy thing. Ryan Butler. Are you guys having him on this? I think he's on next week, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great, man. Um, the one thing I love about Ryan is there's no competition with Ryan. Like we are in the same area, the same MSA, but I can call Ryan for anything. Right. And Ryan can call me for anything. And 
you know, if you're getting into spaces and places where you feel like competition is keeping you from collaboration, then you ain't mature enough to have the the, the network that's going to take you to the next level. And I think wow. to piggyback on that, I think when you become you, you live it and then you teach it. And so I think that that is the pressure that it puts on you to continue to grow is I've got to continue to outgrow the people that I'm leading inside of my circle. I've got to continue to learn. I've got to continue to grow. And I've got to continue to teach and pour into them and then continue to outpace them. Wow. Wow. Hey, you, you guys said a mouthful on that one because the whole idea is we said it earlier, you can't give what you don't have. Right. However, when you have it, you have to be willing to give it in order to get more. Is that an accurate statement? Is that like, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think when the game slows down is when you can start placing the people around you or the people that you lead, you can start to help them create their network. Right. So right. I got a young, a young Latino agent on our team, uh, Alex, wonderful kid, man. One, he's not a kid, wonderful young man. Um, and he, um, you know, he, I see so many things in him and it's not, he's a great salesperson, but he's got to start building his network out. So I told him that he needs to go join a business chamber, right? Where he's at. So mm -hmm. the funny thing is, is he went to a business chamber meeting after I kept leaning on him and he ended up getting a deal out of that business chamber meeting without, within three weeks of being in it. Wow. So ended up, end up selling one of our listings. Now I didn't have him go into that for that, but he right. happened to be the only real estate agent. He happened to start having conversations about business. They wanted him there because they want real estate agents. Let me tell you, first of all, real estate agents, you're super valuable, right? You are interconnected in a community, right? You have so many lifelines to different people that if you don't see that as being valuable, then you're never going to get value out of it, right? So he goes in, starts having conversations with people about real estate. They're interested in real estate. A lady overhears one of his conversation and is and is renting for twenty five hundred dollars. He ends up selling one of our listings, right? So it was it was a double sided deal, right? It was a double blessing, right? Right. And it all it all came from me understanding and him being willing to start building out his network when it didn't make it didn't look like it was going to be valuable for him. I just saw something in his life. A, 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 a opportunity for him to be able to enhance it, and he trusted it. Right, and, and that, and, and that's the thing about building a network. When you're building a network, you know, you when you come from pure intentions, that's when the magic happens. When, when you when you're pure in your intentions, and and so many times in that whole network conversation, we we come into that network conversation with a with an agenda. And a mentally published agenda a lot of times of what we're going to take from the room instead of talking about what we're going to add to the room. And we never we're never able to break that really great contact and that space of networking. Because we're coming in as a taker rather than a giver. That was me for the, for the longest time. I wouldn't I wouldn't have friends unless there was some some value you could provide for me. I'm too busy. And probably about four, four or five years ago, it started to switch going, okay, well, how many people who my coach Brett to me is a life changer for my business, but how can I be Brett to other people? And then I went, oh shit, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> that's when the world started opening up and community started opening right. up. And 
I think KW does a really good job in having all these different communities and connecting with like-minded individuals because some of my best relationships are people that I met through some of these communities by coming from a place of sheer contribution. How can I teach, mm-hmm. coach, train, influence, and just pour knowledge on most people, on more people? Mm. Most of the time, honestly, um, Daniel, when I go into a room, I'm looking for an opportunity for someone else in my network. So I'm going in and I'm like, yo, like, how can I, w- would it be valuable for Daniel to meet Emmerich? And then knowing enough about both of you to be able to make an introduction to say, look, y'all, the speed of trust is, 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 is done. Y'all both my guys, y'all need to meet each other. Um, and when you start to do that and you start to surround yourself with people that do that, 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 that actually have that mindset and they'll do that, that's when you start to supersize your network. And that's when your network starts to really become a net worth and something you can actually like, like quantitize. And and the the big deal with that is that you become a connector and people recognize you as a connector. And then you become a resource because when they're looking for somebody else, they're going to say, hey, I know Alan knows somebody because Alan hooked me up with Daniel. So I know Alan's got somebody else in his Rolodex. And then you become a connector and the conduit for these relationships. And by the same time, it, it becomes organic. And again, uh, the unintended consequences for you being that connector is that your network grows and you become the center of that space without being intentional or not intentionally saying, I'm going to be the man. You become the man. Yeah. And so, go ahead, go ahead Daniel. No, I'll say that's powerful. I think when you think about the the five areas of wealth that we that we recently went through, you start thinking about building your net worth. Um, yes, it's a number, but it's also it's also like building your knowledge to build your finances. Like the net worth thing, I don't think is solely uh, a number conversation. It's 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 influence, it's circle, it's network, it's um, being spiritually full. You know, having your heart full, right. being fulfilled, all of those things, um, and hitting all of those areas of of true wealth building. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because um, the things that potentially potentially um, have held us back in the real estate space can actually be the things that supersize us in the in, in the real estate space. Like we've always thought that, you know, I have to go into this room and I have to be this type of person because my people won't use me or those people won't use me or they. But our value is who we are, right? Our value like, is black people. Like we are community focused. Like we come like, when you look back all the way back to Africa, we moved in groups, in familial groups. Um, when we came over here and we were, you know, and, and, and during times of slavery, the only way we survived was in familial groups, people who looked out for each other. Well, guess what? The same things that we did back then are the same things that we can do right now to build wealth, right? And, you know, the quicker we start to move and operate as a community and start to rely on our community to be able to um, to help us and to support us and for us to pour into it and for us to not only look out for just our community, but for the kids coming up in our communities, for the elders in our communities, for everyone in our communities. I always, I've, I've always said this. The reason why my community supports me is because I support it. 
That's huge. And Alan, you know, we, we're about to close out and there, there's one network that you have uh, that you've curated over these years. And that's the BRN network, the Black Realtor Network. And curating that network of people, you know, what does that mean? And what does that look like for somebody to join that network? Uh, tell us, tell us about what that really means. Yeah, we're quickly the essence of it. Yep, yep. Uh, we're qu- quickly approaching nine thousand black agents across the country. Um, I think by the end of the year, we'll be at ten thousand. I mean, it truly is. I call it the Wakanda of real estate to anyone who joins because it truly is a place that uh, is unlike any other place. Um, We have on average about 20 referrals that get passed every day um, on that network. Uh, We have, um, you know, ongoing coaching and ongoing support, not just through what we do, but through like the network supports the network. Right. There are people who oftentimes need things. And they'll post and it'll be someone else who's doing it well and they'll share it. And then it'll be 50 agents that have the system that has worked well for someone else that they can uh, implement into their into their into their world. Um, Not just referrals for buyers and sellers, but referrals for, you know, for for life. Right. Referrals for, you know, things that you need from tax strategists to financial advisors to, you know, I've got this going on in my in my real estate business this transaction, I need some help. I need some guidance. I need some things that, you know, I, I need to think about because I'm not necessarily getting the support. Look, Emmerich, um, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you need to hear this. My wife came to your training that you had at your office, right? And she came to be a panelist. She came to speak at it, right? And she said it was the most well-run, right? Most like, mo- and she's been to a lot of places, right? Been to a lot of offices, she said it was the most well run and it was the most like you could just see the information that people were was getting were getting was filling them up in their real estate bucket. You are an anomaly, my brother. Like most offices don't operate like that. So, you know, if 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 you are one percent, then ninety nine percent of most real estate brokerages don't support their 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 agents in a way that allows them to build everything around them, their business, their relationships, their network. Um, so um, BRN has kind of has filled that gap for a lot of agents. You know, they're, you know, we're, we're in a world now where agents are virtual and, you know, I, I shudder to think all of the important lessons that agents are not getting because they're not in the office. Um, I was in the office as, as a new agent. I still go into the office and there's certain trade tips that you learn by being around people. So BRN has become that virtual office where people can come to and get real time advice. Um, you, you can find us on Facebook. So just uh, BRN, Black Realtor Network. You can hop on there. It's, uh, you know, you, you go through a small vetting process to make sure that you black number one, to make sure that you are agent number two. Um, and to make sure you want a network number three, like we don't want no haters in the group, right? We want people that are looking to build, people that are looking to uh, to support. Um, there's enough cynicism in the world. There's enough. Uh, there's enough uh, pulling each other back. Um, BRN is not for that, and we don't tolerate that. Um, but it's a really, really cool place if you're a real estate agent. If you have not joined and you're a real estate agent, make sure you join because you're missing out. Daniel, what are your closing remarks as we we close out? You know, I appreciate you doing this, AJ, and just connecting about. I think you're one of the best connectors that that I have inside of my world, and um, just us being in relationship has taught me so many things on really just being a human. I think we get so carried away in in our 
in our businesses where it's about KPIs and it's about closing and conversion percentages and things like that. And at the end of the day, it's about just being human and providing value. If you can continue to do that day in and day out, your life's going to change. You're going to influence more people. And um, yeah, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you being a brother of mine. I appreciate us being in relationship together. And yeah, man, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no doubt. I remember our first conversation when I was like, yo, Daniel's a real one. I was like, yo, you know, who's your top, top, top three groups of all time? And he said, outcast. I was like, oh, say less. Say my less. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. You know, th- this has been like a super, super enjoyable uh, time that we spent together on the po- on uh, the Color of Money podcast and uh, more to come. AJ, thank you for being here. We're closing out. And just remember for our listeners, uh, the Black Realty Network, go to Facebook, plug in, get more of AJ. He's there at least two to three times a week, dropping some gems, dropping some jewels. And uh, let's go get it. And uh, thank you guys so much. Daniel, always next week, we'll have Julia back. So we'll have some structure in order to uh, some of the things that we do. <laughs> and uh, thanks, AJ. And uh, we'll connect on the other side, brother. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience.